0: Lop
1: Talk
0: Radio Playing Sports City Chefs From Amazon Music Yeah Woo
2: Let's go Y'all need to sit back Listen, enjoy the vibe Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride Cause the Sports City Chefs Is on the night In the kitchen cooking up, they on the ride Sport City, sport city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sport city, chef, chefs, sports city, sport city, Sports chef, chefs, sports city, sport city. Yes, Lord. we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding, I pray you have a Word from the wise, my people stay ahead of. Come on, I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold to hot state,
3: Shit. Uh, uh. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, yes, yes. Do not adjust the radio. It's your boy, Sirius. Behind the ones and twos on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Shout out to the homie, uh, Barry the villain, Jordan, taking some time off to do with the family. So your boy had to step in. But you guys know I don't do nothing without my theme music, man. Let's get to work. We got a lot to talk about. We got baseball. And the fool stick of things, we got football. We got NBA. Let's go. Let's go. Of that yesterday, call the number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Lock and load What sports are these chefs for the next eh, hundred and you know what? Until the wolves fall off, man. Shout out to the homie villain. Like I said, he's out of town dealing with some family stuff, but you guys know we don't do this do this show solo. Shout out to the homie T in the building, man. He's a little preoccupied right now because his twins are playing in an important game. TP, what's going on, my guy? How you doing this evening, third?
4: Young Gunner, just another victim of the cat on that Poster Posted a pivot and distributed to work. My pop broke his hip and got addicted to work. Man, they say it's the same. That's the same in the game. I done took up the place and loosened up the tie. Stepped aside, the kitchen timeless is alive. Y'all feeling some type of weight out there? I had to say the Young Gunners. So the Young Gunners is about to try and do it for my boys right now. That's for sure, man. I'm I'm lit right now. I'm my sports city. Hopefully everybody making it through their hump day. That's for sure. How are you, sir?
3: You know what, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I mean, we got a lot to talk about, and this kitchen is filling up, so I ain't going to waste nobody's time. Uh, Calling in out of the 951. Y'all know him as Brian, but this is breaking news, guys, man. Breaking news, what's going on, my guy? How are we doing today, sir?
5: What is good, serious? It wasn't a Tuesday show, so I had to (laughs) rearrange my schedule so I could get in the kitchen and talk to my favorite chef Feeling good, man Hope hope uh, hope life is treating you well And uh, happy anniversary, belated Thank you, sir
3: Thank you, sir Yeah, last last Tuesday my wife and I Celebrated
5: six years
3: um, It's a milestone, man A lot of people don't even make it, make it to that So I'm very, very proud and appreciative Now, before we get started you got a big game tonight yourself Aren't you a Dodgers fan?
5: Hell no
3: Okay, okay, my bad, my bad. I, I just figured you rubb the whole California thing, you know what I'm saying? So I I I keep it moving, man. Mr. Atlanta Braves himself, man. Mr. Harvey's in the building. What's up, sir? How we doing today?
1: Hey man, I'm doing better than the Braves, brother. Like listen, uh uh Wheels came off in of Philly today, Bryce Harper a couple of home runs and the Braves go down, so you know. Uh <laughs> win or go home tomorrow right so but man hey listen uh there's a lot of things that are bigger than uh the sporting world so uh i'm blessed man can't complain at all
3: awesome 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 we got one more shot to get in the building man royce man is in the building what's going on so how are we doing this evening
0: oh man yo i'm so blessed to still feel with my hands like i always did but seriously, I'm excited to be here with you while you at the helm hosting. This is special for me. Let's do it.
3: <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I ain't going to waste anybody's time, man. MLB postseason's in full swing, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I wanted to talk about what just took place earlier today. Uh, the Atlanta Braves did fall to the hands of the Philadelphia Fleas. And, it, you know, it wasn't even close. It was 10 to 2. Um, far be it for me to try to sit here and talk to Atlanta Braves when we got Atlanta Braves fan in the building. Mr. Harvey, talk to me, my guy. I'll let you back uh, lead off on this one. What took place um, in, in, in that series for your boys?
1: No, at the end of the day, man, like, listen, uh, I said coming into this series, I said last week on Roundtable Gumbo, shout out Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time with Chandler. I thought the Phillies have a little bit better starting pitching right now. Uh the Braves had another guy go out before the the series started. They kept trying to get him right this year and he's having to have another major shoulder surgery. He's going to miss next season. Uh listen, the the Phillies are just better on the mound right now. And I mean, we've seen it before. You can have a top-notch offense in the regular season, but you got to be able to pitch. Uh, in the postseason. And to be quite honest with you, the Braves are lucky to even still be in this series. Uh, You know, they had a two-out, two-run home run in the bottom of the eight to take the lead in game two. It was the first time the Phillies trailed in the entire postseason. And then it took a catch by Money Mike Harris at the wall and a crazy throw back into the infield to get Bryce Harper, who strayed way too far off the bag to turn a double play to get him out of game two alive. I uh, it's just like last year, man. They uh they were one one going back to Philly and got smoked and they did again tonight. They started a rookie who was an all star. Uh they probably should have pulled him when he got into trouble but they didn't. Uh but at the end of the day man, I mean it just didn't matter. Uh that's a raucous environment to play in. Uh Bray's coming back with Strider tomorrow night in game four. Uh but You know, right now, man, the Philadelphia Phillies just have the Braves number in the postseason. I picked the Phillies. Uh, I told TP and uh, Chandler even a few weeks ago that I thought the Phillies were going to be a bad matchup for Atlanta. And uh, so far, it's come to fruition, man. Like, the Braves had a very special regular season. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Uh, But at the end of the day, you never can have too many starting pitchers. People kept saying they should trade one in spring training. Uh, they didn't, but they had enough guys go down, get hurt. And I'm not making excuses, man. you got to be able to get out. So this Phillies team is hot right now. Aaron Nola, former LSU Tiger, pitched well today. Even Zach Wheeler pitched good in a losing effort on uh, – he didn't lose the game. The bullpen did uh, in game two. So uh, Philly's just been the more complete and better team right now. Uh, that team made the World Series last year, and I think you've got to consider them right now. Uh, the favorites to do it again, serious. Like, I mean, listen, anything can happen, though. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you lose 10-2 to 2 or 2-1. to 1. I mean, it, one looks worse than the other as far as objects go. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's one loss, right? So uh, they come back tomorrow. If you can find a way to scratch out this game four in Philly, then you go home to Atlanta for game five on Saturday and got to face Wheeler again. But, I mean, Stranger things have happened, and it can happen. Uh, And so, you know, all hope is not lost, but I'm just saying don't get your hopes too high because this Phillies team has had this team's number. They had it last year, and that was with a bad bullpen, and they fixed their bullpen in the offseason. And so, I mean, hey, man, we will see. But, uh, you know, Philly took care of business today. Bryce Harper played like the superstar he is with a couple home runs. Uh, The Braves young pitching got knocked around and they were only able to put up two runs on their side of the board. So, uh, you know, listen, when the other team pitches better and hits better, they're going to win. And that's what happened.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, look, looking at the box score here, um, it it got away from you pretty quickly there in the bottom of the third. Um, And that's when, you know, they just started raking, if you will, um, yeah, you know I mean? thought they should have pulled. Go ahead, go ahead,
1: No, no, no I was no, just no, going to say,
3: say
1: do Elder does a good job at two innings. You know, he kind of quieted the crowd a little bit. He gave up the home run to Castellanos. I think he should have been on a short hook against this team because you don't want to let them get that momentum. So after he gives up the home run, when he then uh, doubles down and gives up the base hit to Brandon Marsh, uh, you know, you you had the off day in between games one and game two, and you had another off day between game two and game three to travel. Uh, I thought you should have emptied the pen, and you know they should have given him a quicker hook and tried to start playing matchups. I don't I don't give I don't care if you got to you know mix and match for seven innings. You do whatever you have to do to get out of there. I just think they left him in too long, and then by the time you look up. You know, it's six to one, and the rest is history.
3: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, look, looking at it, I mean, you guys were able to swing the bats pretty well. I mean, you guys end up getting ten hits on the day um, to, to the Philadelphia to the, Phillies eleven. Um, but again, what you said, man, pitching kind of ruled the day here. TP, uh, I, I didn't know if you wanted to win on this. I know your eyes on the on on the trends right now, <clears throat> but um, he he mentioned uh, Mr. Harvey mentioned you by name as, as somebody who kind of. You know, spoke about this on on the Gumbo Show. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at the game that took place, but what was your position on this Atlanta Braves Philadelphia Phillies matchup that took place earlier today?
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see too much of it because I am, you know, stuck in the middle of Minneapolis right now. But it's stunning to me that the Braves have played so strong here, the best team in baseball, and um they they can't put it together at the right time of the season where I was talking all season long thinking Atlanta would be the team that'll get to the World Series or at least the uh, NLCS and the way the Phillies are playing them the Phillies are in their facing playing smash mouth baseball at this point in time and um it's do or die for the Braves on the road in the middle of Philly like and, and knowing Philly's a tough environment and the one thing about it is they lost home field advantage and they they're on the road having to pull it together. So, they they need the big guys like Acuna and company to put it together somehow, some way. Because uh, this would definitely be a disappointing season. Um, they just put up something on this. The Twins, I remember like 2019. The Twins had won 100 games, over 100 games that season and and got swept. And I just remember how bad that felt because it was like the team did so well to not even be able to perform at all. And the Braves to me, I, I'm going to just say for me personally, I thought they were the best team in the NL, not even just the league, but just the best team in the NL, and the Phillies are like, all of that wreck up is swipe clean, and everybody's coming to play. Like, you know, you got Turner and all of them that are turning the corner, and, and I I, I might said superstar. I don't know if I want to give Bryce Harper superstar, but you got to give him at least star, but he's putting it together at the right time, and I, me personally, I've been waiting for him to put this type of season together, at least his postseason run, because we've been hearing about him ever since he came out of the the West Coast area and, you know, going from Washington to Philly. And now, you know, Philly made it to the World Series last year. He's trying to get back there again. This would be one heck of a run if the Phillies could put the Braves down and, and get back to where they were last season. That would be crazy.
3: Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, honestly, the Philadelphia Phillies have been – a uh, thorn in the Atlanta Braves' side for, for a significant period of time now. Um, so to see this unfolding in the manner in which it's unfolding, um, it, it's quite interesting. I mean, I'm never going to say never. i never say die. I mean, it's the first one to three. Um, and again, the Atlanta Braves did win, you know, 100-plus games. I think it was 104 games this past regular season. Um, so, I mean, this team can get hot. This team... These two teams know each other like the back of their hands, um, and all it takes is just, you know, that one. you got to survive an event. Uh, breaking news, I'll I- I come to you, sir. Uh, normally we talk, you know, football, but I know you have a, a baseball mind um, and you know sports, so I didn't know if you had a chance to check what's going on with this Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia Phillies thing. Um, go ahead and give me your opinion on it. If you don't want to speak on it, we can definitely go on and,
5: and-, and talk to something else. No, you know what, Um, I mean, I think Harvey and Ty, like, did a great eloquent job of describing the situation. I mean, these two teams, you know, division rivals, obviously they know each other very well. The Braves were the number one scoring team in the league this year by a pretty wide margin. And I think what you're seeing is, at least in this game, and and Harvey, you correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, because I was at work and I'm just watching, you know, basically, you know, the stats as they roll in. The Braves just didn't get the timely hitting they normally do. They left a lot of guys on base. I want to say probably two to three times as many runners on base as Philly did. Philly got the timely hitting. Atlanta didn't. Now, I think I think Strider probably is going to get the win. I think he played well enough to win game 1. The the real question is what does Atlanta do and what does Philly do? if it does come down to the pivotal game five as far as who they want to start, because as Harvey mentioned, I don't necessarily know if the Braves feel super comfortable with anyone
1: else in the rotation outside of Strider right now. They they come back with Freed as long as his blister wasn't re really aggravated too bad in game two. Uh, he showed the, he got knocked around a little bit early and then he kind of uh, – you know, put it back together. So, he's the one that started in game two for them. And even though he got knocked around early, he kept him in the game. So, it's Freed and Wheeler on full rest, to Wheeler pitched into the seventh with ten strikeouts uh, in game two for Philly. So, those are the game five starters. And you're right. I mean, the Braves had two runs on ten hits. Philly had ten runs on eleven hits. The difference, too, is this Atlanta team uh, tied the Twins for the most home runs in Baseball. The the Braves, uh, two runs, came on a double by Acuna, followed by a single by uh, Albies, and then uh, Orlando Arcia had an RBI single. Uh, the Phillies, out of their 11 hits, uh, at least three of them left the ballpark. Castellanos hit a home run. No, four. Castellanos hit a home run. Turner hit a home run. Bryce Harper hit two home runs. Um, so, you know, their hits were... Uh, you're right. They picked up the runs, but they also, you know, they cashed in their base runners, but their hits left the ballpark. And, and that makes, you know, that makes a huge difference. So that's what you saw today.
3: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Royce, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to weigh in on, on, on the baseball competition at hand. Um, I am going to come down your lane here hear an amendment when we start talking preseason basketball, but uh, like the rest of us here, we do sports. So, Um, I don't know if you caught a a win of what's going on with the Atlanta Braves or if you wanted to, you know, sit back in the cut until we start talking basketball. Let me know how you want to move.
0: Well, I'll just say the little kid in me is thrilled to hear about the Philadelphia Phillies continuing to have success as well as the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Just growing up as a kid, I was, uh, uh, you know, influenced by the Phillies growing up there in Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, once I kind of could make up my own mind, I kind of caught baseball around that time with uh, Smoltz and Glavin and those guys reaching their breakthrough with their pitching staff. So uh, when Mr. Harvey alluded to the, you know, Phillies being a thorn in the side of the Braves, like, definitely for sure. I grew up on that. seems like more things change, the more they stay the same. So Braves and Phillies, familiar as a fan, and that's pretty much it. I'm very uh, fair-weather casual Baseball saying, you guys can do what you do. I'm sitting in the cut, learning from the chefs. Hey, hey Ty. Yeah,
5: hey, Ty. I see. I see the heat. I see it. Good. I see it, <laughs> Lord, Lord, man. man. Yeah, that's, that is a baseball ass block. combo right there. Oh, goodness. Hey, real quick. Anyway, real quick. Go ahead, go
3: ahead, go ahead, go ahead. In 1993,
1: the Atlanta Braves. Had 104 wins, played the Philadelphia Phillies in what was then. the I mean, you just had the LCS first round of the play. I mean, you just had the League Championship Series and World Series. in. But a 104-win team eliminated by the Phillies in the playoffs. This year, 104 wins again, played the Phillies again. So, I mean, 30 years later.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to skip over the game currently being played because there's still a couple outs left to be decided. So I'll skip over that. But I wanted to talk about the surprise, if you will, with the the Diamondbacks uh, potentially getting ready to sweep the uh, 100-win Dodgers team. Uh, You know, CP, I'll come to you, sir. Um, What's going on with, with the Dodgers? I mean, obviously, you know, playoff Kershaw took place, you know, game one, and he got knocked around and knocked around. But this, once again, this is a 101 ball club um, that's on the verge of getting swept by a team that was scraping and clawing to get into the playoffs, the 84-1 Arizona Diamondbacks team. Talk to me, man. I mean, this, this will probably be one of the biggest upsets in, in, in MLB for some time, won't you say?
4: Well, um, we've all been kids in our lives. And um, I grew up with a cartoon called Popeye. And Popeye used to get beat up bad by Bruno. Bruno used to beat the crap out of Popeye until Popeye opened up a can of spinach, aka Whooptail and would whoop Bruno tell? Well that's what's happening. The bully was bullying the block out west and it's crazy that it's an NL West matchup and um the can of Whoop Tail is open and they are beating up the Dodgers. The crazy thing is is it's speed and power. Like the Do- the Dodgers can't keep up with the speed that the Diamondbacks have, Carroll has been hitting like crazy. It's like um, I don't even want to see Carroll get at the plate. Carroll been getting to the plate and has been knocking the ball all around the park. Even if he ain't hitting the home run, he's getting on base, and he's got excellent speed, too, that's making it troublesome for the Dodgers. I I didn't think – I'm shell-shocked by the National League at this point in time, for real. It's real bad at this point in time that the two teams that I thought would actually win – to at least get to the National League Championship Series are not – they don't look like they're going to make it, unless the Braves go on a miraculous run and, and the Dodgers create history at this point in time. But it it it, it is a change of the guards because a lot of these teams have been, you know, holding it down for the past couple of years and, and making runs to the, the World Series as best as possible. But they need their big dog to step up, and it was something that me and Mike talked about the other day. I think everything – the wheels fell off once I've seen Kershaw let it go. And it's like that's one thing I've been stapling for years here in Sports City and as much as I've seen him, I, I feel like he's so overhyped that it's not funny. And and at a time when they need him, it showed up. So they're gonna need him as soon as possible to pull off the miraculous. Or they or this is a, a wasted season to me. That's what I I wanted to use something else. But for, for the damage that they've done for them to be double digits ahead of teams in in that that uh, division and have this you know their foot on the division and can't get it over like they can't they can't get to the NLCS. This is tough. I really feel like this is supposed to be a brave Dodgers uh, championship series, and neither team is going to make it. That that's impressive. I got to give the underdog, and that's that's what I love the most about sports is watching the underdog defeat a favorite. And both of them are doing it in the National League. I'm 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 impressed and stunned on both sides of the spectrum. Let me ask you
3: this question, yep. then we can we can throw it around. Did does Clayton Kershaw come back next year?
4: I think he. I don't know the the extent of his deal, but more, I think he's gonna retire at Dodger. I don't think they're gonna let him yeah. go. I think his name is I too big for them I, to just he, get him out of Cali. Say that again.
3: one year deal. If i he signed a one year deal. If I remember correctly. So, I mean, he,
4: he's on a year-to-year basis now. Wow. It, depends, it depends on what his agent is talking and if they could get him out of there. Because I know that's one thing the the league will look for, the left-handed pitcher. He'll still be able to get a job, but I think that he's a, he's a Dodger for life. Even even if I'm not big on him, I, I know that that organization ain't going to let him go too easy. But I, I feel like he'll end up remaining in Dodger blue. Okay.
3: I feel it. I feel it. Harvey, right, I a throw it at you, sir. Uh, PP said it like this. The bullies are finally getting bullied themselves. I think that's a pretty yep. accurate depiction of what's going on. Uh, this Arizona Diamondback team is caught lightning in the bottle. Talk to me, sir.
1: So I'm going to give you a couple of things on this. Kershaw's hurt. Uh, he's been on a pitch restriction since he's come back. Now, that does not uh, excuse his previous postseason struggles.
0: Uh, He has
1: struggled in the postseason uh, before. But uh, Kershaw's not healthy, and it it showed. Uh, But once again, Chandler and I called this one last Thursday night, too. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, this Arizona team is full of speed. And you know know the old saying, speed's the one thing that doesn't go into a slump, really. Uh, But Arizona has the two best pitchers, starting pitchers in this series is Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. And they had it set up with the way that everything fell because, remember, they, sta- they, they started the game ones on the same day, but the National League got an extra day off between games one and game two. So the Diamondbacks had everything set up just right to where they could throw Gallon and Kelly in four of the five games in this series. Uh, so, Tanner and I both thought that the way that this thing set up, uh, since they didn't have to go to the third game in the division series and they were able to, to take care of the Brewers in two, that everything was set up right for Arizona. Now, I didn't think they were going to smoke the Dodgers uh, the way they did. I mean, they rolled them up, put them in a pipe. They uh, split the Philly and, I mean, wh- whatever you want to do. But, like, they, they really uh, – I mean, they smoked them something serious uh, in game one. And then the Dodgers – the Dodgers go – Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are the guys that really get this team going. Those guys in the first two games have one hit, and that one hit's an inf- an infield hit. So – they're not hitting and producing runs. The Dodgers uh, were the second-highest run-scoring team in the National League. They had over a 200-plus run differential this season. The Diamondbacks, I think, were close to even, maybe even negative, as far as the run differential. And But at the, at the end of the day, they got the best two starting pitchers, and they can pitch. Clayton Kershaw didn't get out of the first inning in his first start. And Bobby Miller, the rookie with the 100-mile-an-hour fastball, who did win several games this year, failed to get out of the second inning in game two. Now, the bullpen held it down for them after that, but the damage had already been done, and the Diamondbacks had uh, their best pitcher on the mound, and he got it done. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to pitch, man. The Dodgers have Kershaw out. They still got Walker Buehler, who they're not going to get back until next season. You had the unfortunate and tragic thing with Julio Urias and the assault that charges or whatever that he caught, and, and uh, so he's probably I think domestic violence or something. And he was there; he was there, the guy that they were kind of pinning their their hopes on as a starting pitcher. And so, uh, at the end of the day, you just – you don't have the pitchers. They're depending on Lance Lynn, who got traded from the uh, White Sox to start game three. The Dodgers don't have any quality pitching, and this is the one thing that I thought would tell on them in the postseason. At the end of the day, serious, there's a difference between regular season, 162 games of baseball, uh-huh. and playoff baseball, when you can match up your pitching and it's good on good. It, 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 it's a different level. We talk about it in basketball, too. How things uh turn up in the postseason same thing for baseball and at the end of the day the dodgers the dodgers don't have enough pitching man
3: yeah man it's it, it's weird when you sit back and look at it you know and um i honestly thought you know like pp alluded to that it will be you know the dodgers and the braves and again the braves still may get there. again i, I said this a little bit ago we're not counting the Braves out. You still got to get to three, and they at least have one more game uh, than the Dodgers have currently. So time will tell. Uh, breaking news, I thought that you, sir, this L.A. Dodgers team is up against it. They need to get it done today, or their season is definitely over, man. Um, mm. I didn't know if you were able to catch too much of what happened previously, but what's your confidence level on this Dodgers team? scratching and clawing themselves to, to, to a win today to force the game number
5: four. Uh, very low. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. And Harvey did a, a fantastic job of kind of laying out the blueprint. Um, like we'll talk about later with the Cowgirls, uh, the Dodgers are bullies. Like, let's keep it 100. They're a team that nor- normally is used to playing with a lead. Playing from, playing you know, playing from the front, if you will, and and basically beating up on lesser competition. I think there's a couple things that play here. Number one, you're playing a divisional opponent. Just like with the Phillies game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the Dodgers won 100 games and this team won 82 games. Anytime you're playing a divisional opponent, you know that you know that team as well as they know themselves. You know that team because let's keep it 100. Arizona has constructed this team specifically to be able to beat the Dodgers. They're not worried about other teams. They're worried about the Dodgers because that's what the path is for them to be able to postseason and beyond. That's step one. So they're not going to be bullied by them. The, the the other big key point here is when you play postseason baseball and there's I'm pretty sure everybody would agree, Harvey and Ty. If you look at what the staggering stats are for the team that scores first, it's pretty staggering because you're pitching, you're not going against number four and number five pitchers in the postseason like you do in the regular season, or maybe even a six six starter if you're giving a guy a rest. You're going against an ace almost every night. Well, serious, in the two games that the Diamondbacks have played the Dodgers, in the first two innings of each of those games, the Dodgers have been outscored 12 nothing in two games in the first two innings. Immediately they're behind the eight ball, and they're playing from behind. They've went through 12 pitchers in two games, and their starting pitching has, not, has only given them a combined two innings. You can't win games like that. You can't win games like that. It's, it's too difficult. It doesn't matter how good you are the Arizona Diamondbacks are taking it to them. And honestly, I don't know why we're surprised when they just took out a 92-win Brewers team. I mean, they, they obviously, mindset, you know, Harvey mentioned Carroll. Harvey mentioned the pitching. Like, this team, sometimes a team just gets hot at the right time. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be able to beat them. I don't think it would matter if they were at home. I don't think, it, you know, if they were in L.A., I don't think it's going to matter where they are. I I I feel like at this point the, the Diamondbacks are a team of destiny to make it their way to the uh, NLCS. And I think they just have the Dodgers number, and I think they're a little bit in the Dodgers' head at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, I think you have to know on the head, is, you know, talking about the fact that the Diamondbacks are in the Dodgers' head. As you currently speak, it's bottom of the second. Uh, the store is still zero, 0 So, you know, again, we'll see what takes place uh, going forward with the with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the L.A. Uh, Dodgers here. Um, I've I waited long enough, man. The game that we're currently all sitting back watching in the background as, as we're on tonight's show is the Houston Astros and, and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, TP, man, I'm going to let you that lead off. That way you can go back to watching it, man. Uh, your squad is, you know, up against it here, um, off off magical as magical run, if you will. Uh, we're looking at the top of the ninth, um, so you're pretty much down to your last three after the inning's over. Talk to me, man. I mean, I know I, I know your stress level is high, but you know, what, what's unfolded in this, in this series that you didn't expect?
4: I didn't expect it. I knew it was going to be a tough series. Houston, Houston won the World Series last year. This this is a tough team. Like, I, I'd expect us to be where we at right now. To be honest, Houston had to defend home. They're up 2-1. So, that's just like them winning the first two games in Houston. But we stole one. They came to Minnesota and got one, too. This is the big game right here. They got to try to put it together in the last inning. But mm-hmm. the one thing about the Twins is, is I, I just don't understand how Rocco's moving. um, Joe Ryan gave up a homer, and he pulled him out in the the second inning. It's like you didn't even let him get started, and now we're in a situation where the whole bullpen is working their way to the end of the game. It's not really the pitching in in this game. It's more or less the bats. We need the offense to turn this thing around. So um, this is all or nothing. Uh, I still believe that they can do it because it's close enough. It's not like Houston's going crazy having a bomb set like they did the last game, but – Anything can happen, man, especially in, in Twins territory. I feel like we still got a shot. They just can't let these big bats get involved. But it's it's the their lineup at this point in time.
3: I mean, it's two outs, <laughs> top of ninth. You know, Jose Abreu's up, um, you know. So, you get of this inning, man. Like you said, you got yourself a shot. Um, Mr. Harvey, I, I, I'll let you go next. I, I'll, I'll leave T.P. on and let him you know, do his thing while his team is trying to battle here, man. We sat back and watched this series. Um, we figured it would be a decent series. I mean, both of these teams are, are definitely definitely getting hot. Um, you know, Correa is going back playing his former squad. I mean, the storyline kind of wrote themselves, if you will. Um, but talk to me about this, this Houston Astros, Minnesota Twins series. Um, and, you know, honestly, man, do you think the Twins pull pull this out late? I mean, they're down in the last three outs, you know, without fourth and extras. Talk to me, man.
1: This has been an extremely competitive series. Uh, first of all, big ups to the Twins for ending their um, postseason drought and getting uh, into this round. Uh, it's the first time they've uh, won a playoff series in a while. And so for them to not only win one game but double down uh, and, you know, and pile on to, you know, real quick before I go on this series, we said all year that the best division in baseball, record-wise and whatever else, was the American League East, right? And most people, like, agreed with that all season long. Uh, That team has lost now 11 playoff games in a row. Uh, Like, they're 0 for their last 11 because Tampa got swept in two, Toronto got swept in two, Baltimore just went down in three, Uh, the Yankees went down uh, in four last year uh, to the Astros. So that's – the playoff baseball is just different. I mean, you know, two of the biggest players – two of the biggest players in this series, you know, Correa – uh, fought some injuries and kind of struggled. He had a down year by his standards. Uh, I think he, his batting average was as low as it's really been in the major leagues, but he's, he made some huge plays first couple games in the series in Houston. And then, you know, there's a lot of hubbub, if you will, around the Jose Abreu signing, because he's been really good with the White Sox the last few years. Uh, Jose Abreu, had a very, very poor season by his standards. And Jose Abreu hit 237 this year. Uh, but you wouldn't know it in the postseason. He had two balls in the upper deck yesterday. I'm uh, four hundred 440-plus foot home runs, you know, he did his thing. Uh, he's done his thing in this series. Uh, Tuve's done his thing. And TP's right. I mean, Houston's a tough team. This is uh, a team that Basically, you know they were down in the last week they were in Jeopardy and missing the playoffs. You had Texas and Seattle and Houston all locked in a race, and Texas dropped three out of four in Seattle the last weekend of the series, and Houston took care of business, and that's what got Houston the division title. But they were tied. The Rangers and the Astros were tied with the same record at the end of the regular season. The Astros won the division. Uh, by way of a tiebreaker because they played 13 division games. I mean, 13 games against each other. And Houston had to edge. Seattle laid an egg in Texas the weekend before. Uh, and so they kind of played themselves out of it, but they they were able to at least cost Texas a division that last weekend. So uh, Houston is, I mean, it's a quality team. I mean, TP just said it. They were world champs last year. Uh, they got Verlander back uh, you know, late in the season this year after the epic collapse that happened in Queens, and then uh, you know Javier did his thing yesterday, even though he had several walks, he had you know uh, nine strikeouts in five innings or whatever, and pitched out of some jams. And at, at the end of the day, uh, yesterday the the Astros brought the bats, and the Twins had their chances, and. Uh, even got like I said, uh, several free passes, and they just weren't able to cash those runners in. Today is still a close game. Anything can happen, but it's funny because we talk about kind of a changing of the guard in some ways. But and you know we talked about the the new playoff format and whatever else. But if the Astros can close this out, now, and I hope the Twins win this thing. I really do. Uh, if the Astros can close this out, this will be their seventh straight year in the ALCS. That's incredible consistency, uh, regardless of, uh, of what you think of the franchise or the, or the cheating scandal or whatever else that happened in whatever it was, 2017 or uh, whatever this went down. Uh, that's incredibly consistent. This team has, you know, they've got experience. They've been there before. You know, October is is not new to them. And so, uh, you know, you, you got to knock these guys out. And the Twins still have a puncher's chance right now. Anything can happen if you can uh, win this game and go back to to Game Five because then they would have Pablo Lopez, uh, who just shut Houston down in Game One, and you'd have him back for Game Five. So, uh, if, if they can find a way to scratch this thing out, anything's definitely possible.
3: definitely man definitely man this is going to be interesting uh, <clears throat> interesting little bit here man cpi again Warner, the watching this along with you um you know so I, I, i'll leave you alone breaking news I, I, i'll swing your way sir this houston astros versus minnesota twins game uh twins are down to their last three outs you know before trying yep. to, to try to win it or force extras uh, talk to me, man. How did you see this series unfold? And uh, when the when the series first came out, did, it, did you see it unfolding this way? or Did you think it would just be a,
5: a Houston Astros right. runaway? No, you know what? I actually thought it would be highly competitive. Um, it's been a it's it's probably been the best series uh, of the round, to be honest. When you look at just how competitive it has been, and if you're a Twins fan, I mean, you literally have your two, three, and four hitter uh, two, three and four hitters up, uh, and if one of those dudes can get on, the guy that uh, has absolutely been on fire this series uh, and really the, this postseason, Correa yeah. would, would be have the potential to potentially bring them in. So, I mean, this is exactly the position that you want to be in other than maybe Presley where he's 12 for 12 on postseason saves, maybe not him pitching per se, but I mean, at this level, at this point in the game, at this stage uh, in the season, everybody you face is going to be special. So um, you know, you don't get these opportunities very often, uh, as you know, Sirius. Um, you get down to the last, you know, six or eight teams or four teams, and you're trying to punch your ticket. You know, this is these this is the kind of clawing and scratching that you got to do. And it's been a while since since the Twins uh, since the Twins have been able to, to punch their ticket to the post or to, excuse me to the World Series, so uh, I'd love nothing more than for Ty um, to to see his team uh, pull something out here. I'd love to see you know uh, Max or uh, Royce Lewis or uh, Cray or one of those guys uh, be able to deliver um but you know i mean it it it's tough no matter who you face but like i said these this is exactly the hitters that you want up in this scenario and lewis did hit a homer earlier in the game so i mean hopefully hopefully uh you know twins twins everywhere cross your eyes cross your fingers cross your toes your lips do whatever you have to do Put a hex on Kessler, and uh, hopefully one of these, uh, one or two of these twins hitters, uh, bring home for you.
3: Well, uh, Lewis is down to his final strike now. Count is zero and two, um, and uh, so he's still alive here. But we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to share the sentiment. You know, I, I, I'm not going to come over him and, and, and be nice. You know, I. I hate both these teams, you know, equally. However, with that being said, um, it would be interesting and kind of different to see the Twins advance um, and, and do something. I, I think I hate the Astros more than the Twins, but that, that's another story for another day. Uh, before we move on and talk basketball, man, the preseason has kicked off, uh, but before we moved on, i got to pay some bills. Shout out to PHI Apparel uh, for sponsoring today's show. Um, And the rest of the show is here on Sports City Chefs, the network. I definitely wanted to give them a drop. Give me one second. Let me hit my button. Let me hit my button.
1: This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique
3: designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area.
1: With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any
3: apparel when you shop online at PHIapparel.co that's
2: PHIapparel.co remember to use the
1: promo code CHEFS for 15% off act now while supplies last
3: Shout-out to PHI Apparel for sponsoring today's show. The rest of the show is here on Sports Shelf, the network. Um, again, shout-out to the homie Dylan, man, dealing with some family stuff, taking some time away. Um, but it does look like the Houston Astros are down to their last out. Um, and so, again, it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing to hang your hat down on. I mean, it, it, should they go down, it's been a hell of a run. Um, but I, I'm going to move on and start talking basketball as the NBA preseason has officially kicked off. Yesterday we saw, um, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before that, I believe we saw Victor Wimbayana and Chet Holgren, um going at it a little bit. Uh, T.P., uh, rookie sensation that lost, lost last year due to uh, an injury. But I wanted to come to you, uh, Mr. Harvey. I'll let T.P. chill for a minute as uh, Kepler is um, trying to send us in the extras. Um, as the season gets ready to kick off, man, what type of storyline are, are you looking for, man? Is it the new faces, uh, the, new, the old faces, the new places? Or are you looking, you know, to see if the, the, the Denver Nuggets kind of repeat that? Give me what you're, what you're looking for as far as this NBA season gets ready to kick off.
1: Well, I mean, obviously on a personal uh, level, I'm looking forward to seeing how this Laker team gels. Uh When you got most of the pieces back, uh, you know I, we talked for a couple of years. I don't know how they're going to remake this roster, and they at least made themselves competitive uh, after the All Star break. And so I'm looking forward to see what a full season looks like with these guys. Uh, the other another story for me is. Can Zion and B.I. stay healthy at all in New Orleans? And so what's the ceiling for that team? Um, What does Memphis look like? Um, And then to me, like you said, new faces in new places, and and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, plenty. But also just some of the rookies, like uh, what does Victor's rookie year look like? I'm sure the team's going to struggle some. Um, and then but also getting Chet in Oklahoma City. That's a team that I'm really interested to to see what that team jovs like this year. And does does Shea continue to play at that extremely high level that he's played at over the last uh over the last season or more? And uh, uh, the last two things that I'll point to is just uh Hey Mr Harvey, Mr. Harvey,
3: to... Mr Harvey, hold on one, hold on one second. I did want to announce that the Houston Astros did advance uh, to the ALCS, knocking off the twins there. I did want to go ahead and make that announcement, but go on Uh And
1: and then, like you said, the new faces in new places. And then just what the, uh, you know, some of these players that played for FIBA, such as Anthony Edwards, Cam Johnson, some of these guys, like, uh, do they take a step forward? you know, in, in their development this year as this season unfolds. And the youth of Portland, you know, uh, what can Chauncey Bills get out with all these guys, right? Like Sharp and some of these other young guys, you know, Anthony Simons uh, showed up when Lillard was out last year. So, you know, what can Portland put together and can Sacramento uh, be as good as they were in, last year?
3: Yeah, I think I, I, think, I think he clicked on something there with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, kind of being as good as they were a season ago, Um, you know, I I think they had the element of surprise as they were, you know, I don't want to say sneaking up on people, but nobody really took the Sacramento Kings seriously. Um, I think that ship is officially sailed uh, with how they performed last year and, you know, the way they did getting through the playoffs. Breaking news, I'll come to you next, sir. Um, this NBA season is getting ready to kick off. The the preseason is, is in full swing. Um, what storyline and kind of caught your attention? What are you looking forward to seeing as the NBA
5: basketball world kind of you know wakes up a little bit? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously the Lakers are are, are first and forefront out here in, in in you know LA and in California, but. I'm kind of interested to see how things are going to pan out in Boston. Uh, The the way the season ended last year wasn't necessarily on a high note. And, you know, you have, you have a few players over there that, uh, you know, it seems like really want to uh, dominate the ball, let's say. And, um, you know, how does that dynamic work out? Because I think, I think Boston is a phenomenal team. If, they play the right kind of ball, um, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, the, I'll give you another team, same division, um, the the Seventy Sixers. I, I know we talk about them; it seems like damn near every year. But you know, the Seventy Sixers roster has changed, you know, quite a bit over the course of the last few years. Uh, and I'm I'm really curious to see is this version of the 76ers going to be able to be, you know, teams from the past kind of always had the hype, uh, all show and no go, if you want to say. Um, you know, is this a team that can finally get the 76ers to the next level?
3: You know what, yeah, I, I do think over the past month with some change, every Wednesday we, we, we've talked about the second ers due to the James Harden situation. Uh, I am curious to see how they look. Um, coming out the gate, you know. As of right now, there seems to be peace, um, in that region of the East. Um, but you know, time will tell. It's only a matter of time before the other shoot potentially drops. Uh, for me, I as a Houston Rockets fan, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the cultural shift. Um, in, in my young ball club, uh, I watched the preseason game yesterday. Um, and I was very, very encouraged by what I saw with them, you know, being paying so close attention to detail. Um, and again, it's a preseason game. They played the Indiana Pacers, but Ty Easton plays exceptionally well. Um, and I saw them diving, you know, for loose balls. I saw uh, defensive assignments being, being held. And I saw. Van Fleet running the offense and, and finding players and, and sweet spots. And again, it, it's preseason, so I'm not going to paint with a broad brush to borrow what Mike Tomlin likes to say. Um, but I was very encouraged to see what I saw. Um, but before before I start with the TP, the Arizona Diamondbacks just jumped on the LA Dodgers yet again. Uh, the score is currently three nothing in the bottom of the third. So based off what we spoke about during our baseball segment, it looks like. Everything is staying true to form with the with the Diamondbacks, just, you know, taking it to the, the Dodgers uh, during this series. PP, I'll I, I come to you, sir. Um, switching gears, kind of getting your mind off of baseball for a little bit. Um, basketball is here. I know you're a big OKC fan. Monday, you saw Chet and 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 Wimbiana go at it um where the okay thunder 1, 122 to 121 but uh give me what you're looking forward to seeing this upcoming nba season
4: well i'm looking forward to lebron retiring man that's, that's what i really want to happen I, I i don't think that he should sit up here and play till his son is, is going to come out of college i don't think Bronny's a one and done Um, but we'll see how far the Lakers go. I don't think the Lakers are a championship team, but they're going to have all eyes on every step LeBron makes. We'll see if they can get this team off the ground with uh, him and AD, if AD can stay healthy, because there's a lot of guns out west right now. The Suns are loaded now with Bill, Booker, and KD, but I still feel like they need to put more pieces on the floor. They do have guard presence, though, so hopefully they can keep that void filled while Chris Paul left um right now the way the nuggets look last night they are still the team to beat they they're deeper the denver nuggets got deeper so like um and and to add like steroids to the situation mike malone's father just passed away so now y'all got a chip on your shoulder to do it for coach malone while his father just passed away and to defend your crown the west is going to be bananas i i just don't see what how easy it is going to be for them to think the Lakers going to be back up top. The Warriors look interesting right now with Chris Paul being there. This is something that Roy, me and Royce talked about on the uh, Fantasy Basketball show here at Sports City. The plug is needed. Uh, support that, that's for sure. Um, Chris Paul is actually starting at the point. Steph is at the two. Clay is at the three. That could be nuts if Kirk get it to work right because Chris Paul a the thief of the night. Steph, you got to follow everywhere. Clay, you got to follow everywhere, and I just I worry about Draymond. Cause Draymond usually set the table. Does he get the odd man out in this offense? But because there's really two distributors in that offense, so the Warriors have an interesting push to see if they can get Chris Paul his ring as well. I feel like the Warriors are more in front of a ring than what the Lakers are pushing out. But the Lakers are always one of the national favorites because they're a big team in the league in the NBA. So. It's definitely going to be interesting. And and looking at my boys, I I feel like there's two teams that people are not speaking more about, and that is not only the Thunder, but the New Orleans Pelicans. If the Pelicans can stay healthy with the lineup that they have right now, Zion is back and back to bully balling again. Please stay on the floor. That's all I want him to do is just stay out there and play ball. Like, out of of one player or for one team that I just – you know, I don't. I'm not a Pelican fan, but I want to see him be successful. There's Zion, man, and this time he, he, he jumped off the ground, it's like you want to see what's gonna happen next. And um, he's not a trash talker. Wow. I just, just feel like his health. His health has been holding him down, you know, for the biggest part of it. But him, DJ, they they've been looking good. Brandon Ingram actually had the experience of going to play with the USA team, so. They got a pretty loaded team. If they can put it together and stay healthy, that's everything. If the Pelicans can stay healthy, I feel like they could be a top five team in the West, too. It's a lot of young guns out there. Out This is the Western Conference alone. In um, the Thunder, they won that game up against the Spurs, and that was without Shea. I really, I'm wondering, I was saying with Royce in the show the other day that um, I wonder what the offense is going to look like with Shea and Chet, Chet put up 21 points and a half, and they sat him out. So it's like if... Chet to score that easy, Shea can score easy. This could be a bomb threat in the West. It it's gonna look ugly in the Western conference. It it's not gonna be fair for the the bottom feeders. Whoever's out there like the Spurs. Well, it depends on Wimba Yamba if he got guns next time. Wimbayama's gonna be a talent, but like the Rockets, the they, they, those, those teams are gonna get promo playing teams that's ready to make a move at this point in time. And in the East, uh, I I <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm I'm really hurt of what I've seen from 2012 till now. James Harden, you did a disservice to basketball. All of the teams that you went to, Daryl Moore giving you hundreds of millions of dollars not making this work out in Houston, going to Brooklyn to get away from Houston, to go to Philly and saying that he was a liar, you'll never play for the Sixers, and now you're playing for the Sixers because the Clippers can't pick you up. It's it's ridiculous how this soap operas turned out while Philly actually still has a good team, and they actually brought Oubre in to try to take up for Harden if Harden try to leave. I I feel like Philly, they got to watch every move Harden wants to make at this point in time while he's sitting at the age of, what, 33, 34 years old. So I wonder what Philly could do. Boston looking like a bomb third out east. I'm not prepared to give Milwaukee the crown just yet. I feel like they lost too many pieces out east, that's for sure. Uh, especially with Dame complaining that he didn't give he's still complaining about not going to Miami. So I, I know that he's worried about what he sees right now. Um, but that, in general, that's as fast as I'm trying to be with the entire NBA at this point.
3: I I, I definitely respect it. I definitely respect it. Update: they, they took a home run off the board. Dude went back up to the plate, snapped it over center center field. Man, this this Diamondbacks team is not playing. But since we're talking basketball, the homie Royce is in the building, man. I wanted to get him on. Um our, our resident basketball chef is in the building, man. We're talking what we're encouraged to see, uh, going into the new season. Um, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to kinda of talk your stuff and kinda, of, you know, eat where you live, man. Basketball's back, man. Talk to me about it.
0: First thing I wanna say is I love everything that everyone has said because it is literally where we are currently at this point as we prepare for the season to tip off. There's a storyline in every city for every NBA franchise right now. But I'll stop and I'll go to home team and I'll talk about team that I grew up on and I'll add some real facts, some facts that we sometimes like to call truth. And here's one. People don't really want to hear the truth, right? So here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's the truth about the Philadelphia 76ers, because it's easy to jump on top of storylines that are created each season. But here's a fact. Since 1972, the Philadelphia 76ers have won a single NBA championship. A single after participating in the 77 championship, the Blazers won that. I believe it was 80 and maybe 81. I think the Lakers won both of those. They went out and got Moses Malone. Sixers win 83. Allen Iverson <laughs> and Dikembe Mutombo <laughs> are up against Prime Shack and Kobe. They got one game, right, and it's been nothing since. Okay, as much as we want to say it's a player problem in Philadelphia, man, it's an ownership and management issue. You can change owners. They're doing the same stuff over and over. You change management personnel. They're making the same type of decisions. I don't know why, but that's what I see. Those are the facts. The Milwaukee Bucks have won, mm, if I recall correctly, hold on. Did Milwaukee win in 72? No, that was the Knicks. Ha! The Knicks and the Sixers have the same amount of NBA championships since I've been alive. There it is, man. That's what I'm looking at yeah, this season. Yeah. So when, when, when Thomas is talking about uh, uh, James Harden's got to get it together, he absolutely does. And if they're going to move him, hey, Daryl, swallow whatever it is that you're holding on to, move him if you can. James, swallow whatever it is you're holding on to. If you can't get moved, you got to lace up, be a professional. I think Nick Nurse obviously has proven that he's good enough of a coach to have his team advance to an NBA Finals and secure it. Philly has the personnel, the talent of Harden, the talent of Embiid, the talent of a young uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tobias Harris, De'Anthony Melton, uh, Pat Beverly. I mean, the list just goes on and on. If you're in the NBA, obviously you have talent. At some point, almost every single NBA player has at one point in his lifetime been the best player on a said team, whether that's high school, college, and maybe not the pros, because when you come to the pros, they ask you to sacrifice. For what? For the good of the team. To do what? Win a championship. But that's not just a mission of player personnel. It has to be an ownership and a management mission mandate all in alignment. You've got to synchronize. And if the Sixers can do that, then they've got a chance. But if they continue to do what they've done, they'll get what they've always gotten in recent years and has bounced out by who? The Boston Celtics, which brings me right to the night's preseason contest. Nothing's changed. Celtics smack Sixers. It doesn't matter who's in uniform, who's available, and who's not. The Celtics have a psychological stranglehold on the Philadelphia 76ers. Something has got to change. Gentlemen, I'm going to step aside and everybody can come through on a Monday or a Friday. Get all you can eat, fantasy basketball. I'm a fan. This is how I see it, and I'm talking basketball. Hit that guest call-in line. You can chop it up with me. You can get yours off, or you can eat all you can. We got time. I'm going to be here all season.
5: <laughs>
0: yes,
3: sir. Yes, sir. Shout-out to the homie Royce, man, in his basketball uh... basketball show airing on mondays as well as fridays right here on sports to be network man i need it i need to go in and get in there man we got we got a lot to talk about man i a houston rocket fan I, i'm encouraged but it's going to be a long year man without further ado man we didn't have an nfl show yesterday um and there's a lot to talk about and I, i'm really looking forward to chopping it up with you gentlemen um I, I, I'm, I'm not going to waste anybody's time with it. Um, breaking news, uh, I, you did not have to do dollars like that. That's all I'm going to say, sir. Uh, however, there has been some clapbacks since that game. Uh, Michael Parsons had said some words. Debo Samuel responded. Um, you know, the NFL is looking at potentially fining George Kittle for his, his undershirt. Um, what... Talk, talk, talk about, you know, a team being in somebody's head um, and having a stranglehold on on the series. This 49er-Dallas Cowboys uh, rivalry is not much of a rivalry, but breaking news, talk to me about what you saw Sunday night.
5: Well, listen, man, you know what? I'm going to start by saying this, and, and I firmly believe this. We all played sports, just not – not at the same level that these boys are playing at. But those that don't handle business on the field talk about the business off the field. Uh, And that's what Micah's doing. Uh, Micah got completely shut down uh, in that game. He had one pressure, no tackles, no QB hits. Uh, Supposedly the defensive player, uh, the potential defensive player of the year got completely shut down. Uh, I don't know if it was his idea, because my, my understanding is he has Cardi Blanche to move around the line where he sees fit, but instead of going against Colton McKivitz, the San Francisco 49ers right tackle, who uh, his first year starting uh, has not had a stellar start to his year that T.J. Watt racked up three sacks against he decided he was going to go ahead and test the best. Well, you did, and Trent Williams completely shut you down. Completely shut you down. And all I'm going to say is, they are who they they are who we thought they were. And you know, I said this. Listen, it's real easy to be the team playing with a lead. It's real easy to win games when your defense scores more points than your offense. But at some point the defense is going to struggle. And when the defense struggles, the offense needs to be able to pick that team up. There ain't a soul in that stadium, not on the Dallas side or the Niners side, after three drives that thought Dallas had any shot in that game. You could just see the life zapped out of them. And you know what? Not for nothing, but Devo wasn't lying. There was 14 minutes and 28 seconds left when our backup defensive players, our replacements, were in the game and they still had their starters in, and Dak threw pick number three, and instead of trotting out our second-teamers, we trotted out our third-teamers and basically ran the clock out. So the Niners could have easily scored 50 points in that game, Uh, and and all I'm saying is I'm not saying Dallas' defense is not good, but they got exposed. They're not as physical. They're not as physical as they want to let on. They're not as good as everybody wants to portray them to be. And all I'm going to say is they beat up on a lot of really bad teams. They had an opportunity to prove to the world that they belonged and that they were the number one team in the league. And they got embarrassed on Sunday night football. And this is after Dak was motivated. This was after Dak was pissed off. This was after. All these other comments that were made, all I'm going to tell you is this serious, and I tell Rams fans the same thing. It ain't a rivalry if only one team keeps kicking the shit out of the other team. So it ain't a rivalry until the Cowboys actually win. That's a very, very, very
3: true statement. Very, very true statement. C.P., I I thought that you, sir, um, we all sat here on our our couches um, and watched what took place on Sunday night. Uh, we also are very much aware of what was said leading up to this particular ball game and subsequently what was said after it. Um, given that, you know, this game is, you know, three days old, man, what say you uh, in regards to the beating that the 49ers put on the Dallas Cowboys?
4: I'm an 80s baby. I grew up off of this movie, but the colors were in reverse. I feel like the colors should have been blue on the set of people and the other, the other club. Should have been wearing the right color that they were wearing in red and white. And the line that I'm referring to, he said, throw in the damn towel. <laughs> throw in the damn towel. <laughs> throw in the damn towel. Golly. Brian, I'm apologizing on here because I've been giving you hell since the Niner Ram game. He said, we're going to win by 20. I was like, you got to come back here. And you really owe me owe me for the brunch, though. So I'm not really going to bring the slaughter here. But you said that y'all went by double digits. And I'm like, okay, I want to see you in the kitchen. I, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be the show that I needed to say it. But the way that San Francisco took care of business up against Dallas, I did, let me tell you how bad this was. I knew San Francisco was winning bad, right? But when the score got to 42-10, I said, San Francisco is kicking their ass. Like, I really said it like that. I really said it. I I really didn't even pay attention to them loading the scoreboard up like that and brian said they could have put up 50 i don't know when they could have stopped scoring if they, if they would have had the forfeit like the, the niners could have killed them the one thing that i feel bad about dan quinn because dan quinn get a lot of credit for being a defensive mind is that he kept parsons in front of trent williams and i didn't i'm not even a big fan of trent williams trent williams didn't do well to me you know in certain situations even when he was in on um, dc like even though they, they gave him you know, good honors, but I've been seeing him get beat and get a lot of flags, so on and so forth, because I watch the Redskins or, you know, the commanders because that's my father's team, and I always, regardless, he's not here, so I watch him. And um, he kept Michael Parsons in front of him and got neutralized all game long. You didn't switch sides? You didn't get him to see how the, the offensive line was set and have him go to the other side of the field and try to be something in that game? And for, for Michael Parsons to open his mouth and say, oh, uh Ke- uh kittle one wore the shirt and it, it's beef is on it's like, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you couldn't do nothing the first time what whether you gonna get the secondary together Debo was like Ha, set it off like devo got into it now Debo taking up for kittle like they they got him beat at all facets of the game and okay, uh the way that um um purdy is looking i i really think purdy is on a situation where they need to put him in mvp talk Right now, the way Purdy's clean and no Ooh. interceptions and on a winning streak since last year and put it to Dallas like that, where they where they claim Dallas is a top-ten defense, but right now they've been exposed because, to be honest, all of the stats and, and power rankings that they were getting defensively, it was against the New York Giants, who are crap, the New York Jets, who are crap,
5: <laughs> and the New England
4: Patriots that are crap. They are crap. You got beat up Don't by the, yeah. the Cardinals. The Cardinals beat you up. And NFC West team... And you got beat. You got Debo bullied, and, and pun intended, because Debo there. You got Debo bullied by the Niners for the, at least the one that we can re- remember, at least three times in a row. But I don't even know how many consecutive games the Niners got the Cowboys. I don't know how McCarthy gets this fixed. They tried to put a lot of this on Kellen Moore. They got rid of Kellen Moore, gave McCarthy the playbook. Yep. How do we get better against the elite teams in the NFC? They failed. Some people have Dallas going from. Top five power ranking team in the NFL to keeping them cliffhanging to ten. They are cliffhanging them mm. on ten. I, I think they, I think they should fall below ten. I think they should fall below ten. Oh, wow. they, they got rid. Of, oh, they wow. got rid of Zeke. They got rid of Zeke. That run game don't exist no more. So they put all of it in uh, Pollard's lap. Now Pollard can't run the ball like that. Their best running back is Rico Dowdle. Dowdle has actually been running the ball well. Um, I've been, I've been arguing with Barry for the past month and a half. Dak looked like crap. Now Barry can get back in and argue about Daniel Jones with Dak because they look the same. Now they look the same. We've been really about that. Now, now this is a, a debate. Now, now it is a debate because Dak can't do crap with a good defense in front of him. That that is it. He can't. There's something that one. It's like um, is a guy that's on YouTube a lot. He's a Cowboy fan. He said Dak can't throw to the left side, and I noticed that all of Dak's passes to the left side are the ones that he throws picks. So, if you can, load up on the right side of the field and try to take advantage of him not being, you know, strong-minded to go over there and make that pass at the end of the day. Dallas is in a ray of trouble. I feel like that's the blueprint that a lot of teams need to look at and watch, and the best part about it, if you are not a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, this schedule is horrible. The Cowboys running yep. to, it ain't it. Just know that this, this is not it. it it's going to be smooth sailing. Um, going up against tough team after tough team, week after week for the Cowboys. Um they do more time trying to celebrate play after play instead of trying to win games and be better week after week. I'm 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 one of the biggest go againsters against the Cowboys and um the way that it looked I I felt sad. I felt bad. I felt like, you know, looking out the window like Kermit with the T, you know, like I I felt bad, man. So if they don't get it
5: fixed
4: if they don't get it fixed, boy oh boy, um this this is what I heard. They think Dak and McCarthy will be gone by the end of the season. I don't know.
3: I mean, that, that 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 wouldn't come off as a shock to me because again, if you kind of listen and read what we spoke about, you know, during the preseason and and and, and on oh, chefs dot com, the article that we all contributed to, we honestly thought that both parties would be gone uh, by the end of end of the season. And the crazy thing about it is. The Dallas Cowboys face their former offensive coordinator next week in the L.A. Chargers and Kellen Moore, who just came off a bye. And so if San Francisco was able to light you up like the 4th of July, uh, what do you think Kellen Moore is going to be able to do when he knows that defense? Mr. Harvey, I'm going to come back to you, sir. Uh, This Dallas Cowboys game versus um, versus the San Francisco 49ers, got ugly quickly, and it got ugly fast. I know you had a chance to take a lo- take a wide side oh, of it. Give me your opinion on it, and, and, and we'll move on.
1: So I saw Dak through one-good pass. Uh, <laughs> the deep ball to the return guy. Um, but I'm still looking for Tony Pollard's touchdowns. Everybody said he was going to be this great uh, running back, whatever. Uh, I'm still looking to see Tony Pollard's touchdowns. The only game that they really looked dominant in, uh, their defense did the work for them uh, in, in that game and set the table. Uh, I, I was not impressed. Now, you know, TP mentioned copy in the blueprint, and that's right, but not everybody has the same horses that, that San Francisco has on this defense. But, uh, you know, some people try to say earlier in the year that this Dallas Cowboys team – is a Super Bowl contending team. Listen, as you like to say, Sirius, miss me with all of that. Uh, I I am not convinced that they can have different results against San Francisco. I'm not convinced that they can play with Philly. And anybody else, if they can throw the ball and execute offensively, uh, if their line holds up, can can do the same against them. Uh, Listen, to me, you stack the box, and you force Dak to throw the ball. And if he's got to throw the ball thirty, thirty-five times a game, uh, they are in trouble—like serious trouble. They—they're in trouble, like they violated probation. Like uh, it's uh, it's, this it's a decent football team, and I think this is a team that still definitely has a chance to be a playoff team. But miss me with this whole Super Bowl contention and all that. No, uh, Snoop Dogg released a song in early two thousands, and the song said "Pop your brakes." Uh, and listen, they need to pop them and stand on them and whatever, and make sure that they just they just hold up with all that because this team is not. This is not it. Mike McCarthy in this plain vanilla offense. You know he's trying to run offense like I said, like he ran for the Saints, and the and the. Early to late 90s early 2000s um, This is not it you don't have the right pieces and You know Jerry Jones tried to say he still believes Dak is that guy and that contender uh, No, he's not uh, No, he's not you don't have the right people uh, and the right pieces in place to make this work uh, Dallas is uh, To uh, a commonly used word that Pimp C used to like to use all the time Dallas is fraud. Hey, serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: Talk to me. Hey, one, one last thing, just to speak to what Ty was saying. So, uh, one, one thing that's pretty interesting is, is if you look at the stats on the year, Dak has the highest QBR in the league when his team is winning, and is thirtieth in the league when the team is trailing. Uh, which, you know, which just speaks to it. And I only say that to say that. In the remaining schedule, in the next four weeks, they play the Chargers, Rams, and Eagles. I think they could potentially lose all those games, could win them. And then you go to the last six weeks of the season, they play the Seahawks, the Eagles, at Buffalo, at the Dolphins. They play the Lions, and then at the Commanders. I think there's a chance that we might be look, look back at this and think that they were total frauds, and at the end of the year, they may not even be 500.
3: Yeah, man,
5: it it, it it's, it's wow. interesting to see how it all pans.
3: Wow. It's interesting to see how it all pans out. But before, but before I let you, before I let you roll TP. Shout out to the homie villain real quick. He he would he would do this if he was here.
5: <laughs>
3: okay, TP, so talk to me, man. What do you
4: what do you talk about? What are you laughing at?
3: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm paying homage to the homie villain. We're, we're talking about the Cowboys' demise. He would, he, he, would, he, he would do his patented oh. laugh.
4: You know what I'm saying? Okay. But you, 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 oh, you, you, you were talking. For sure. so,
5: go ahead.
4: I um, what what they they're three and two right now, right? The Cowboys are three and two. Brian said they're next yeah. three and then six. So three and six. is nine. Nine out of the let's just say they split the nine let's say on the high side, so five and four. So then they, have, they go eight, and you have like eight and six right there. I couldn't see the Cowboys falling under 500. For the success that they started the season off with up against scrubs, I'm not going to lie, That I, I can't even weigh their wins. I can't weigh the wins that the Cowboys had. I got to give them credit because that's how the schedule is. But against competition, if they lose more than seven seven games or more, I'm going to yeah. have a lot to say. I'm going to have a lot to say. I would not give no credit to them. Um, I think they'll solely be based off of of Micah Parsons. Um, They they have their issues in that linebacker core. Vander Ash, I feel like they are getting long. in the tooth in that situation, he can't keep up with no running back. A lot of them running backs if they got speed, in the words of the late John Madden, speed kills, and he can't stay in front of them. When Rondell Moore had that run up against the Cardinals, when the Cardinals played the Cowboys, that was another blueprint. Put speed in front of him, we can't handle it. They yeah. had to get a turnover from McCaffrey where McCaffrey bought the run over dude. McCaffrey five eleven and two hundred pounds. Like like and that's a regular sized guy for us, but in the league, that's a small bet. Like he was trucking a dude and they and the ball fell in Jordan that was Jordan Lewis, I think, that got the fumble. But it's like, come on, it, it I can't see Dallas falling that bad. It, they they got they still got horses there. But they have their issues. They have to first. They have to figure out red zone offense. They got it. That that's that's <laughs> they they could not. That's the defense held Dallas out of the red zone the entire game. Wait, I don't, I don't, they had I don't less know than two
5: hundred total yards.
4: I, 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 I got two hundred total I, yards. I
5: go I I, sharp, I, sharp, I sharp around here. I shuffle around here. Back 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 out of my
4: pot. You you could have did this, but I got the pie. They kept them out of the red zone the entire game. Like, wait, hold on. So the touchdown that, that uh, Turpin had, that was outside of the 20. So that don't like that don't get them to the red zone. Y'all paying back $47 million a year. Y'all got rid of so many different good player after good player. Amari Cooper would have been one of these guys that could have been a threat for you. Brandon Cooks is there, but they're not even getting Brandon Cooks the ball. The tight ends get more targets than Brandon Cooks and Brandon Cooks supposed to be the guy one of the guys that helped T D. Lamb out there. T D. Lamb looked like he's about to cry on the freaking field. This is this could be catastrophic if they don't get this right. McCarthy, you may be jobless at the end of the year. If not, I don't know what another team will pick you up if Dallas lets you go. Like uh, you you may get another job, but they watch you kiss butt for the last couple of years in Dallas. I I don't know who messing with you. You left. You left Green Bay in the disarray, and Rodgers wanted to get rid of you. Dak looked horrible. You got rid of Kellen Moore. I, I, this is this is unbearable. Yeah. They better put it together yeah. immediately, and don't let Kellen Moore beat them. If Kellen Moore and the Charges <laughs> beat the Cowboys, y'all thought this was bad. I could imagine the pressure for McCarthy. I could imagine how many microphones that be in front of Kellen Moore. This will help lift uh, Herbert. And Herbert is going into the game with a broken finger. He has a broken finger. If you lose to Herbert with a broken
5: finger, like, please. Still the best quarterback on the field. Huh? I can't hear you. I said still the best quarterback on the field, even with the
1: broken finger. That's messed up. But he ain't lying, though.
5: He ain't lying <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Listen, you can say it messed up, but you didn't say I was wrong. <laughs> he ain't
3: lying no, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> call the number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine Locke all the sports to show. Uh I wanted to come over to you, Mr. Harvey, man. Your boys opened up a can on the New England Patriots. Um another game where Bill Belichick decided to bench Mac Jones, and we'll talk about, you know, what we do with that situation in a minute, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about what you saw from your squad on Sunday as they emerged victorious. And, hey, Chris Olave finally got in the end zone, man. About damn time. Talk to me about it,
1: sir. First of all, I would like to, in this space, uh, apologize to the New Orleans Saints at least for one week, opponent had a lot to do with it, but I said that this would be maybe the ugliest football game played in the league on uh Sunday, and <laughs> it was ugly on the offensive side for the Patriots uh, but the Saints did a little bit offensively uh Carr threw the ball down the field a little bit, his shoulder looked a little better once again. I'm not uh. I'm not, I'm not screaming his praises or anything, but they were able to at least make a few plays in the passing game. Um, for the second straight week, uh, they got Mac Jones benched. Uh, Mac 10 lost the one at the front of it became Mac 0 again. Uh, Bailey Zafi came in the game. <laughs> um, but I, I thought the defense did a good job. I thought that they did some nice things in the running game as well. And the interesting uh, thing to me, like, one of the most noteworthy things, uh, you know, this is a franchise that had one playoff win in their whole history before Sean Payton got there in 2006. They had some mediocre seasons along that time, but we do know that they they got their one Super Bowl. But Alvin Kamara uh, broke the franchise record for touchdowns uh, with 73, broke Marcus Colson's record. So Alvin Kamara now has more touchdowns uh, than anybody in Saints history. So uh, congratulations to Alvin Kamara. Uh, that's, that's a big-time record. I mean, at least, uh, you know, it's not like it's one of the more historic franchises. But still, to to be a franchise record holder in touchdowns is, uh, is fairly impressive. And, and the guy hasn't been – in the league a long time, fairly long for running backs, but not not a long time. But, you know, I i, I was encouraged with the effort that I saw uh, this week. They bounced back a little bit offensively. The defense played pretty well. And they did what they were supposed to do as far as getting a win. Uh, I mean, you know, serious – even when teams are down, you can ask Dallas for their trip to Arizona a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, we, you can't take wins for granted in this league, but at least, you know, the Saints are now 3-2, and, and this is the first week that I don't have to say, well, uh, you never apologize for winning ugly. Uh, this was a, a, a fairly complete performance. The offense still needs to continue to evolve, and I think it will. Um, but I did, we saw a Mike Thomas fighting. He made a few catches even in traffic and, and made a few plays. And uh, so, I, you know, I saw the offense take a few steps forward and the defense played really well. And so, I, I mean, I'm at least a little bit encouraged. Listen, three and two looks a lot better than two and three. Um, and, you know, now we go to Houston this weekend. But, hey, listen, anytime you get a win in this league, you appreciate it. If you get a shutout, you appreciate it even more. And when it's on the road, hey, that's even better. And when it's against a guy like Bill Belichick, and you're able to put that kind of whooping on him, like, hey, listen, uh, it was a good Sunday for sure.
3: Yeah, definitely a a great Sunday. Um, Let me ask you this question. You know, since we're sitting here talking about the Patriots, uh, I I know a lot can be said when you don't have a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and Tom Brady, but I I wonder if the hourglass is starting to fade away on the amount of patience that Mr. Kraft is going to have with with Bill Belichick and and being the GM and decision maker because it seems like the last few pieces that he's attempted to bring in. Has done nothing but set this franchise back. He went out and brought in uh, Matt Patricia, which which didn't work well. He was influential in selecting uh, Matt Jones, who didn't work well. You go get Bill O'Brien. You go and sign a, a busted up Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you let Jacoby Myers go. You you, you know influential in forcing Tom Brady to to leave and, and finish his career. And another organization. So when does when does Mr. Kraft say that's enough? Um, and how in the world, like, where, where do the Patriots go now for for quarterback? Because clearly, Matt Jones is the answer. You don't want to turn your shift over
4: to to Zappy. Uh,
3: where do they go from here? T- Thomas, talk to me, man. I
5: don't
4: think they ever let Bill you know tell bill to leave but he, he got to start turning it around somehow because right now it's uh mac's not the guy mac is really not the guy um billy zepp had some good starts and some good show last year and they won't even give him an opportunity to come in they're bringing them in after the damage is done already um for the job that belichick did it, he put up six rings and been then i think ten Super Bowl up, but they can't necessarily like, yo, know, unless they really put all of the accolades in the lap of Brady, what it is looking like. It is looking like this was more Thomas Brady than it is Belichick, because Belichick can't get none of this right. He's trying to do it the old way, and these kids are in 2023 at this point in time. So I don't think they walk him out, but I think they make it, they put the pressure on him. I think they're going to start to put the pressure on him, but I think Kraft and Belichick's relationship is too strong. and Especially with Tom gone, it's like that's all they got left from the legacy that they had from the beginning of two thousand till now. So um, to see it crumble like this, to see everybody punching them in their forehead, the, the Saints, uh, the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys beat them up, and the Cowboys horrible. Like, so I, I don't know, man. It, I, I just I don't I don't want to see Belichick leave like that. Especially, I like to see history be done. He needs twenty nine wins. To eclipse Shula. that's like another four seasons, especially with the way they're Because they're not gonna go twelve and five, or you know thirteen 18. and three. They're not. They're not gonna do it. I feel like they could go eight and nine, and eight and nine, and stuff like oh, that. Oh. But the way that they're the way that they're playing now, I feel like they're physically fighting for their lives and win six games this year. I don't. I don't think the Patriots will get six wins this year. I think this is going to be a real bad season. Um, and and he has to get it. Uh, Zeke is the better running back. And they start Ramondre rem- like Remandre's supposed to be carrying the ball. No, Remandre's your short yardage running back. Stop thinking he's the, the bell cow and he, he's going to get, you know, the good uh, carries on first and ten and, you know, second and nine. Like, no, that, that's not it. No, this is, this is a bad situation on the way that the end of Belichick's career is looking, and Brady needs to get more credit than what we – or I, I'll just say I, I had given me a situation. I thought it was both of them. I really think Brady is really truly the goal if, if he was able to clean up that many mistakes that Belichick had on the field with what he was coaching at the end of the day. But um, uh, they're the worst team in the AFC East, and that's saying something because I thought, you know, they'd probably be better than this, but uh, uh, the Jets are actually trying to turn this thing around. We're, we'll see if the Patriots are 10-picking the NFL draft this upcoming April.
3: I definitely think they're going to be a top ten pick. I dare say they may get the number one because I think the Panthers will luck box themselves into something. If Bill Belichick is smart, he could, you know, again, it's out of his nature, but he could, you know, be in that Caleb Williams potential sweepstakes. Um, breaking news, I, I, I thought that you, sir, you know, speaking about the New England Patriots and what we're seeing now from the legendary coach, Bill Belichick, and what he what he has to work with man, like I, I personally feel as though the hourglass uh, sand is starting to drip away and you know, you gotta be able to, you know, show and prove now that this is this this is what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? You had the opportunity to to, to get rid of Patricia, um, and keep Tom Brady there and, you know, he can retire with your organization and, you know, but he wanted to make a move, bring in his boy and now this team is 1-4, in and, and if you look at the remaining schedule that they have this upcoming season, I'm failing to see four more wins. Like, they got the Raiders this week, then they got the Bills, Dolphins, Commanders, which may be a win, Colts, Giants, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Bills. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to see four more wins out of that. Uh, talk to me, breaking news. I mean, what's going on? I mean, did, do they, do they make a move at like the trade deadline, or do they just hang
5: back and chill? No. Yeah, I think they. I think they have to hang back and just chill at this point. I think. I think um, you know, as far as a move is concerned, Bill Belichick doesn't typically like rookie quarterbacks, and I think. You know, I'm not going to say he's on a short leash, like Ty said. He's he's earned the credibility, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in front office help after this year. I mean, let's keep it 100. In the entire Bill Belichick era, which spans a long time, including Cleveland, we just witnessed back-to-back the two worst losses in his history. And I'm going to go ahead and go on record and say, even though Dallas beat him by one more point, uh, I think a 34 nothing loss is a whole lot worse at home than losing thirty eight to three or thirty uh, excuse me yeah thirty eight three on the road, a at least you scored and b it was on the road. They literally just followed up a thirty five loss thirty five point loss by a thirty four point loss where they didn't score a single point at home in their own building. I mean it's bad, it's really bad right now, and. You know, speaking to what you guys were talking about, so since Tom Brady has left uh, in 2000, I believe it was 2020, Bill Belichick does have a sub-500 record. He has a sub-500 record with Brady out the door. Now, obviously, he did make the playoffs with Mac Jones. There, You know, he is still, you know, a brilliant coach, not taking anything away from there. But this is literally one of the most talent void teams in the entire league. I mean literally they they they're awful. The the personnel decisions that has happened at, at the New England Patriots uh, over the course of the last two or three years is horrific. Honestly, like last week, not taking anything away from the Saints, but that was domestic violence. That was just that was just beating up on on, on you know on the feeble and the you know the disabled. Like literally that I mean it looked like it looked like a pro team playing a high school team. And there's no end in sight. And honestly, for one of the, the greatest coaches in NFL history, it's kind of how I feel, if you guys can remember, back to when Andy Reid was kind of the lame duck in uh, in uh, Philly. And you, you could just see the writing on the wall. Like, everybody knew, like, hey, you're not going to be here any longer. And it just kind of seemed like the players didn't really play for him all that much. and. You know, everybody's like, Oh, has he lost it? I don't think he's lost it. I think Bill Belichick is an incredibly smart coach, but the bottom line is it doesn't matter how good or how smart of an offensive or defensive mind you are, if you don't have the horses, if you don't have the players, it doesn't work. It's funny how it's funny how the Niners offense was okay. But all of a sudden we get a competent quarterback and it's the best in the league. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Kyle Shanahan is amazing. Well, when you have the best tight end in the league and you have the best running back in the league and you have, you know, quite possibly the best wide receiver tandem in the league and the best left tackle, in the, it's like, yeah, you know, that makes you really good. If you go back to the days of having Vrabel and Brewski and, you know, uh, all the guys that they had back then, it was like, Jesus, they, you know, you know, Richard Seymour, they had like a plethora of Pro Bowl caliber players literally across the board, and even the generation after that with McCordy. Like, they've had significant pieces there for a long time. I think what you're seeing is, unfortunately, I think since Bill's taken over the player personnel side, I think that's what you're seeing is really lacking. I think the player personnel side is really in the dump. And I think if they're going to make a change, that's where it needs to be at. They need to bring somebody in to strictly evaluate talent and get talent back in the building. But I will tell you this. I I thought a lot about this, Sirius. I don't think a team like the Jets are going to be able to trade for somebody like uh, like a Kirk Cousins, like we were talking about before. And the reason is Uh this. Miami's not going to trade him for a third-round pick, right? Because here's the deal, if he leaves at the end of the season, they're probably going to get a third-round pick as a compensatory pick anyways. They're going to want more than that, and because Kurt's in the last year of his deal, he's going to want a new deal. Obviously, with Rogers there, they're not going to do that. So I'm actually thinking the team that he makes sense for, being that Bill Belichick is getting up there in years, I wouldn't be surprised to see him see Kirk Cousins in New England next year.
4: So Why?
5: Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, because well, to, be, go because ahead. he's because I don't think he's gonna want. I, I don't think he wants to. I, I don't think he wants a rookie quarterback. When he had Tom Brady and he was going through the learning curve there, remember they had one of the top five defenses in the in the NFL. They don't have that anymore. He needs somebody that can distribute the ball and pass the ball at a at a, at a high level, and Kirk can do that. Now, obviously, there's some turnover issues, and there's other issues, but if they're going to get this offense out of the dump, you need a quarterback that can actually move the ball. So, But the question is to whom? So, well, and, and that's Who the thing. Who's moving the ball, to... too?
3: Well, and well
5: obviously, that would be next offseason. They have a top ten, potentially a top five pick, you know, maybe Harrison, maybe – they pick up a free agent. You know, obviously Bourne's still there. Parker, I understand. I'm just saying, I know these guys are not household names, but Kendrick Bourne and Parker wow. are not nearly as bad as Mac Jones is making them look. you talk to me.
1: So, first of all, I, I – I'm not ready to call George Kittle the best tight end in the league. Uh he had a great game this past weekend and I I'm also not willing to call their their wide receiver duo the best wide receiver tandem in the league either. Uh now, I think their team collectively, especially with with what they have across the board on the lines and everything else, is the best team in the league right now. But I I, I might have overstated that a little bit respectfully, but to get back to the subject on Belichick, uh, to me, Belichick is a smart football mind. But um, you know, he had uh, who a lot of people consider—and I know you do not—serious. Uh, he had who a lot of people consider the goat at quarterback and a very and a very very highly touted defense with a lot of defensive stars. Now, some of these guys have moved on or whatever. And so, to me, I agree that somebody else needs to be handling uh, personnel in the building. They can consult with him fine, but somebody else needs to be making more of the personnel decisions. And the, the next thing I'll tell you, you mentioned Kayla Williams a minute ago. Kayla Williams isn't going there. Kayla Williams already said basically he can make almost as much money at USC if he stays there and if he goes into the draft and he said he listed five teams and i can't remember the fifth one right now but vikings giants uh cowboys raiders were four of them i don't remember who the fifth one was maybe it was the 49ers i'm not i don't remember who the fifth or yeah i'm, I'm not sure who the fifth team was that he listed. uh, It might have been Dolphins or something, but he he listed uh, five teams that he really wanted to play for. and He said, pretty much, I can't go play for one of those teams. I'm not coming out. Now, it's been a while. We saw John Elway. We saw Eli with help from old Papa Archie kind of pick what team they went to to an extent. Um, But You know, this is a whole other deal because he doesn't have to come out if if things don't fall right. Um, That being said, I I think they need somebody to bring some more people in in the building. They need to upgrade the personnel. If I'm the Patriots, though, I just, you know, without saying that I'm doing it and without getting in a spot where I got to worry about uh, suits and whatever else and it coming back on them like it did Miami, if I'm the Patriots, The only trades that I'm making uh, towards this deadline, because you just mentioned the schedule. I mean, maybe things would have to break exactly right. But out of all those teams you just mentioned, uh, maybe there are maybe three winnable games out of that group that you listed. And out of those three, I mean, I think they'll they'll do good to get one of them, Uh, to be honest with you. And so if I'm the Patriots, I'm listening if anybody wants anybody from my uh, talent-depleted roster, and they're willing to give me picks for them. I'm trying to load up on picks, and I'm trying to rebuild. And at the end of the day, this is a quarterback-driven league. So I'm going to put myself in position, and like I said, I don't think it'll be Caleb Williams. Maybe it'll end up being – Michael Pennant, or maybe uh, the, the kid from uh, Washington. Maybe it'll end up being uh, <laughs> one of these other uh, senior quarterbacks coming out. Uh, but if I'm the Patriots, I finally – I pull the plug on this Mac Jones experiment. Maybe you let him play for the rest of this year. You, got, you mentioned that they made the playoffs one time. Uh, and that was during the COVID uh, the COVID year, uh, but when they did make the playoffs, uh, it didn't take very long into that game for you to watch and say this team doesn't doesn't belong here. Uh, Buffalo boat racing in the playoffs, and you know, kind of exercise that demon a little bit. And Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have not been the same since they got absolutely. Uh, just wrecked in the in the playoffs against uh, against Buffalo, and so to me, you you bring in somebody to handle personnel, and with this being a quarterback driven league, this is one of the best years for quarterbacks that we've seen in a while. You get you a new quarterback to build around. You stockpile. You do whatever you can to stockpile as many picks as you can over the next couple of years. And you just have to remake and rebuild this roster. Uh, the Dolphins are not going anywhere for a little while. They, they got a dynamic receiving core in Waddle and and, and Tariq Hill. Now, A-Chain's go, uh, Devin A-Chain's going out, but you still got some guys at running back. Uh, that defense is pretty good. Uh, Buffalo's window is closing, but it hasn't closed yet. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back next year. The Jets still have, uh, you know, the Jets have a lot of good pieces on both sides of the ball. We saw uh, Brees Hall reintroduce himself to uh, the NFL this past weekend, right? So looking at that, um, there's no quick fix. And these Patriots are looking like they're going to return to the – Post Super Bowl 20 pre Parcells Patriots for a couple years uh, before they can rise back up and and kind of be in contention and you got to rebuild this thing you got it this is something you got to tear down to the studs maybe even down to the foundation and and maybe you blow the whole thing up and your foundation is the quarterback that you draft uh, this next year but this is a team that, that really needs to completely rebuild. And you have to look at the big picture and maybe once you commit to doing that, maybe Belichick is the coach that says, you know what, like I'm getting real long in the tooth. Like I'm getting so long in the tooth that if I smile, I almost bite my bottom lip off. So uh, at the end of the day, maybe he's not willing to at his age uh, go through a complete rebuild process but you can't reload um, re- reloading means that you have something that, that you were loaded with something uh, to begin with and they're not so uh, at the end of the day this is a long term fix for the Patriots if they're going to return back to really being competitive it, it's even in this league where it's a little bit easier than it used to be because of free agency and, and salary cap and, and rosters turning over and this kind of thing, uh, this is going to take a, a couple years at minimum for them to get back up in this division. And and so to me, that's what you have to do, though. you got to strip this thing down, and you got to build it back piece by piece. Uh, because otherwise, all you're doing – is patching holes of a ship and it's going to be one of those things that as soon as you patch one hole you notice that you're still taking on water somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, call the number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine Lifeless the city got about about ten minutes left before we shut it down, uh, for for the evening and T P I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about the Detroit Lions really quickly. Uh, they emerged victorious over the weekend, beating, uh, I believe it was the Carolina Panthers, uh, pretty handily um, in that ball game, 42-24. to 24. Um, Looks like the Detroit Lions are, are, are really one of the premier teams of the NFC, yet on the NFL. <clears throat> and, you, and, and you get it with Amon Ross St. Brown in the lineup. Um, so talk to me, man. Uh, this, this Minnesota, not Minnesota, the Detroit Lions team is bowling.
4: Uh, what say you, sir? Well, Sports City, you see how they do me? You see how they do me? Last week they didn't want to talk about the twins, they wanna talk about the twins now. Now he wanna talk about the Lions with the twins, he mixes Detroit with Minnesota and save me five little minutes to talk about Detroit. You see how they do me, Sport City? My boy just went bonkers and I only get five little minutes to talk about my boy. Well, I'm gonna do this as best as I can, Sports because i 'cause I'm gonna be a good sport. I'm gonna be a good sport. Not only did Amon Rodden play, but Jameer Gibbs did play. And I feel like this could have been a game where he could have got his first touchdown um, with, I'm, I'm with uh, Mike to start a fight. Ryan sat up here and said Kittle was the best tight end in the league. Statistically, look across the board, there's a dude named Samuel Laporta that is eating. And I mean E-E-E-E-E-M-C's right now and he's on the record to break a lot of rookie records NFL-wise. Don't say premier no more, serious. Say elite right now, but I I want to see them get out of Tampa Bay. If they can beat Tampa Bay, they definitely are an elite team. There's no dodging this any longer. Like, they trying their best to keep saying, oh, it's San Fran, Philly, and Dallas. Dallas are losing like that? Well, I don't know. Maybe Seattle. It's like, no, come on. That game went the overtime with Detroit lost to Seattle, where that was basically a coin toss. Whoever got the ball that game, the way they were shooting, somebody was going to score that touchdown. So I feel like this could be a tie-up between Seattle and Detroit. Detroit could beat the third. The way that they're playing right now is ridiculous. And, oh, yeah, everybody's enamored with Dallas' defense. Everybody's enamored with Philly's defense. Everybody's enamored with San Francisco's all-out defense. Do you know who has the best run defense in the end? F-L-Motown. Motown. That That's what it is right now. So I'm, I'm loving what's going on right now. They put up 42 points like they should have against the Panthers, but they put that up with pieces missing on the offense. Jared Goff should definitely be in the top five quarterback conversation. I'm saying that now. Right now in the league, he's a top five quarterback in the league right now. Not all time or career. But in the season of 2023-24, Goff is in that discussion. I didn't think it would be this good, but it's looking good right now. And it can only get better once uh, Jameson starts clicking in his office. If Jameson gets catches or, or can make the best out of his targets, this opens up everything for anybody like Khalif and the way Josh Reynolds been playing and Laporta wide open in the offensive scheme. Like this dude, the, the league knows about him, and he's wide open. So my my boys have finally got into a dangerous zone, but I, I gotta watch it because I feel like this is a trap game against Tampa. They're favored by three in Florida, so I'm worried because I feel like people come back to Detroit, and that's gonna be that trap game that get people to lose millions. So I'm, I'm if they could get out of that and beat them, and do what they need to and supposed to. That's an elite football team in the NFL, not just the NFC. And uh, tell Brian to look in his rearview mirror. That's all I'm telling him. Right now, they're in front. They're in front with Philly. Philly and them neck and neck. But look in your rearview. You're going to see a lot of blue and silver. That's all I got to say.
3: (laughs) I I will say this. I I said this a couple weeks ago. The good book says give honor where honor is due. Um, And, you know, the Detroit Lions have been – um, the laughing stock of the NFL for for quite a while. So when they start rolling, man, like you gotta get you gotta tip your cap to them, Mr. Harvey. Man, we're at the telling of the show, my guy. Man, thanks for coming on, rocking with us, man. Give us a plug and a close out as we shut it down here at the NFL. Excuse me, at the cookout.
1: Ah, yeah, see, you, 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 you ain't hosted this one as much, bro. So it took you a second. Oh, yeah, uh, shout-out to T.P. Timers, man. Without you, I wouldn't be here, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, serious Breaking news, Brian Hughes. Roy stopping my earlier shout-out to Bill on Vacation. Chandler Knight, my co-host on Roundtable Gumbo. T.P., I was hoping you were going to come through on uh, Roundtable Gumbo last week. I was going to give you all the time you wanted on the Twins. You want to talk more on the Lions. Please come through tomorrow night. We're going to be serving up Spice. And, and we'll give you as much time as, uh, as you want, man. Uh, but listen, you don't want to hear me uh, talk, round, Mike. Uh, it, it, we'll come talk tomorrow night. Come on through. Listen, we got shows all week long, Monday through Friday, basketball shows on Monday and Friday. College Cookout on Wednesday, NFL front office show on Tuesday nights and Roundtable Gumbo on Thursdays, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, One of them may be earlier, the basketball show, Sports City. I'll tighten that up next time I close. On Sundays, 11 a.m., the time of Sunday morning brunch, where we recap what happened on the weekend and set the table for you on Sunday. TP always asks, who do you like in this game and why? And we track it and put it up so you can see what all we picked. Uh, So we, we make everybody accountable for their picks on Sunday morning. So come join us on the brunch on Sunday mornings and hang out with us. Listen, SportsCityChefs.com, we got articles, we got finger foods, we got things Continue to come up, not only on fantasy, um, but lots of different topics. So come check us out there. Thanks to PHIapparel.co. Shout out to you, Sirius. Nice job hosting. It's always fun to uh, be on the show with you behind the mic and love when you come through uh, with all the other shows as well. Respect to all the chefs out there. And until next time, man,
3: Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, man. Thanks for coming to kicking with us. Like you said, shout-out to all those for rocking with us. TP, man, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug and a close out and shut it down this evening, sir.
4: 4 Check out the website, the blog, the chef. We'll be back here tomorrow with the roundtable, like Mike just told y'all. Continue to tune in to everything we got going. We got shows every day except Saturday. I'm trying to get that back into work because they're trying to put us back in the seven-day command. That's right. They're trying to get us working. Food for thought. Y'all do these dishes. Um, Sports City, I think I might have won the week. I might have won the week. I'm, I'm looking at the scores now. Seriously, them was supposed to be keeping score, but the, I could tell they not, but it's all right. Um see between me and James, I know Brian is up here. Uh, Brian was actually picking too, but just, just stay tuned to this because I've been keeping score. Because Sirius wanted me to keep score, and he ain't keeping up on this stuff. Sports City, they hating on the kid oh, no, for no, real. No, but it's all good. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See what I go through Sports City. They always do this to me. See what I'm saying? I can't even do closeouts. Right? You know what? Skip, skip. Go, go ahead, skip. Or not? No. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It is the chef again. And if they don't know, <laughs> now they know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What's going on, Sports City man? Like I always say, man, it's such a pleasure and a pleasure to do this show. Uh, shout out to the homie, uh, taking some time away, man. Gentlemen, we hold it down until you get back in the building. Trust and believe that. With that being said, man, check out the blogs, the interviews. Um, Sirius is going to be doing a finger food probably here later on this week. Still is on the bye week, so uh, I, still is on the bye week. Sirius is on the bye week. That's kind of how I'm rolling with it. With that being said, check out the roundtable gumbo tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Harvey Channel gonna be in the building doing their thing. because with that being said, PP always said Tell the friend tell the friend it's a chef again. That they don't know man, now we know man, we gone. Sports city, Sports city, chef. Chef, sports city, sports city, chef, sports
2: city, sport city, chef, sports city, sports city, chef, chef Sports City, Sports City, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon, they well in tune, blown like a flower in June, Superman vs. MF. Doom, the clouds loom, To so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again, Sports Kid. Uh-huh.